More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, don't tread on me. Are you feeling like others are walking all over you? Do you feel like someone's taking advantage? Well, let's help you get the respect you deserve. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, don't tread on me. As we talk about setting boundaries, are you feeling like others are walking all over you or like someone is taking advantage of you? We want to help you get the respect you deserve. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. I mean, the fact is we're all called to be generous to others, and, and we even enjoy sharing our gifts to make a positive difference in the lives of the people around us. But what do we do when other people take advantage of that? Are you in a relationship with somebody who's constantly taking but rarely seems willing to give? Someone who has an awesome sense of entitlement or doesn't respect your boundaries? Whatever the situation is, let us help you know how to handle these people and situations gracefully. The number, 877 573 Seven eight two five. You know, some of our listeners might be saying, "No, I I love being generous to people." As you were saying, Greg, I I I wouldn't you know experience that. People don't do that to me. And then you start to think a little bit more about times you've been left exhausted by doing things for people, times where you felt a little resentful or a little bit angry and you've kind of pushed it aside because, again, you want to be a good Christian, generous person and be loving, times where you felt like you do a lot for others and you can't really call upon those others to do anything for you, times you just haven't felt listened to in the midst of trying to get your needs met while they're trying to get their needs met through you. It can all be very difficult to discern and to balance, especially, and I'm going to say this, if you have somebody who's very good in your life at taking advantage of people. If you have somebody who's a little narcissistic or a lot narcissistic, those folks are a different breed of cat entirely, where you can suddenly be not even realizing that they're taking advantage of you in some way because they're very good at twisting their requests of sort of ingratiating themselves to you before they end up using you in some way or taking advantage of you in some way. If you're not sure that you're 
being taken advantage of. If you're not sure that people are actually being disrespectful, but you sort of feel that way, well, whether you know it or you're not sure, we're here to help you discern it today, and more importantly, discern what to do about it so you can remain in God's grace, a good example of being a Christian, and yet not deal with people taking advantage of you or walking all over you. We're here for you today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Well, you know, and, and the the thing here is that it's, 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 it's good to be generous, um, but it's important to be generous in ways that actually bring out the best in other people. Um, because if we're just being generous and enabling other people to be their worst selves as a result of our generosity, then that generosity isn't responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and St. John Paul talks about this in, in his book, Love and Responsibility, where you know, we are all called to love, but, but, but love to, loving somebody means working for their good, doing those things that bring out the best in them, that help them thrive and flourish and become the people God created them to be. And generally speaking, people respond well to generosity. Generally speaking, when we're generous to others and we use our gifts and talents to make a positive difference in their life and circumstances, that, that inspires them to make a similar gift of generosity in return. We don't do it for that reason, but we do it because it brings out the best in them. But there are certain people, as you were pointing out in your comments, Lisa, that that, that don't respond to generosity well, um, that don't respond to the, the gift that we try to make of ourselves well, and they, they take advantage, or it they, they, they see an opportunity and they, they end up using us, or they use the gifts that we're giving them to hurt themselves in ways or hurt Isn't others. Isn't that awful? Yeah. Uh, and, and those are particularly difficult and destruct, destructive, I can say this, destructive <laughs> situations because, you know, then we, then we think, well, if I could just give more, then it'll get better. But we end up just fueling that fire and we end up needing to send, set boundaries, but it feels wrong somehow. So we want to talk about that. How how can we be generous to others without being taken advantage of? You know, are you in a relationship with somebody who seems to be happy to take whatever you want to give them, but is not quite so willing to give back? Uh, that person perhaps has an awesome sense of entitlement or doesn't respect your boundaries, uh, takes advantage in some way of you, whether that's, you know, with in the sense of your time or your your talent or your emotions they just they just feel like you're being used we're not called to that right so let's talk about how to deal with those people in situations where we do feel like maybe we're being taken advantage of or used how can we continue to be those generous godly people that the lord is calling us to be while still uh, protecting our dignity and the dignity of those around us 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. And especially if you're feeling right now, when we're here, you, when you hear us saying this, well, but Jesus gave everything. Aren't I meant to give everything? Well, we'll explore that question during the rest of the show. But if you're feeling like the thing that's barring you from really being able to get your needs met set appropriate boundaries is the idea that as a Christian you have to let yourself be used up 
Well, let's explore that and see if that's true in your particular situation. Give us a call today at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we explore the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you're not aware of what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that looked at how God's creation reveals God's plan for living an abundant life and having healthy, holy relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that we are called to communion. That's our destiny, to be one with God and each other. And yet, in the Christian vision of unity, becoming one with God and the communion of saints doesn't require the destruction of the self. That is the total denial of our God-given needs and hopes and dreams were made in the image and likeness of God. God is a trinity who is one God, but still three distinct persons. Being made in his image means that even though we're called to live in communion, we still get to be our very own selves. We're allowed to protect and assert our own God-given needs and hopes and dreams. Even in heaven, when we're entirely united with God and every other person in heaven, we will still be us. And that's why healthy boundaries are important. You know, they actually allow us to get closer to people while still allowing us to maintain our integrity and dignity as persons who deserve to be known and loved, not just as a means to an end or an extension of somebody else's ego, but as people in our own right. Healthy boundaries allow us to pursue unity with others in a manner that's still respectful of our dignity as unique and unrepeatable persons. Healthy boundaries aren't ever intended to be a way of hurting other people, and they aren't usually meant to cut other people off. You know, the best boundaries actually give somebody a healthy way to do the thing they're trying to do in an unhealthy way. So, for instance, you know, has that person been speaking disrespectfully? Well, a good boundary shows them how to address their concerns in a more respectful way. Uh, Or maybe somebody's been taking advantage of us. Well, a good boundary gives them a way to meet their needs without being selfish. So good boundaries create the proper amount of space in a relationship and, and the structure that a relationship needs for each person to thrive. Boundaries allow us to stop worrying about protecting ourselves from each other so that we can properly give ourselves to each other. But it can be hard to figure out what that looks like, especially in those important relationships that are with people that are close to us or that we have to deal with on a regular basis. So that's what we're talking about today on More to Life, on our show titled Don't Tread on Me. If you're in a relationship with somebody that is constantly taking but rarely seems willing to give or somebody who is stepping all over your boundaries or your limits who won't take no for an answer um, who just has this awesome sense of entitlement we want to help you deal gracefully with those people in those situations so that you can heal the relationships ideally but at least protect yourself from the drama in the meantime give us a call the number is 877-573- 7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord and we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, 
We come into your presence and we thank you for the opportunity that you are giving us to spend this time with you. And we ask, Lord, for your grace to know how to respond both lovingly and responsibly to those people in our lives who take advantage, who don't respect our boundaries, and who seem to use the generosity we give them to hurt themselves or others in some ways. We ask you, Lord, to know how to be generous in ways that actually do bring out the best in others. And when, we're, when we need to set boundaries, help us to not set them in ways that cut people out of our lives, but rather invite them to meet their needs in healthier ways, so that through your grace, we can see to each other's flourishing and help each other become everything God created us to be. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name in of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, don't tread on me. We're talking about setting boundaries. How do you do it gracefully? How do you deal with those people who maybe don't react to boundaries well? Um, those people who take advantage of our generosity and, and us? Uh, how do we deal with that in a way that respects that call to be generous while insulating ourselves from the drama that some of these situations can cause? 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Catherine, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Virginia. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to More to Life. Good morning, Greg and Lisa. It's so wonderful to listen to your station. I, I get so much, and I'm a big advertiser for you for all oh, God the bless different you. ages of people. So well, thank I want you. to tell you uh, that I'm recovering from uh, theft. I had my wallet and my, my checkbook stolen out of my purse uh, when I was delivering groceries to the... Uh, the principal of the Catholic school. She's 81 and oh she's my. teaching. And, you know, maybe I was negligent in closing the trunk. And, you know, I take responsibility for for those things that I did. That well, probably- I mean, you, you, nobody, nobody has a right. Nobody, nobody um, you know, is, is you know, there's nothing you could do that have war- would have warranted somebody stealing from you. Yes, and certainly. I mean, theft is theft. You know, if, if you haven't given something to someone and said this is a gift and they take it from you, it is theft it's, and you have done not nothing wrong. Well, how can we help you, Catherine? Well, the big um, decision, and, and it's great to hear both of you jump right in and say a lot of the things that I've been hearing from the police, my bank very gently said, we don't force you, but you can make a police report, which we recommend. And it's been a nightmare for about five weeks trying to sure. restore, you know, my identity. And so oh, I have to make a decision, and it's hard for me because I want everybody to like me, you know, and I'm a teacher, and I give second, third, fourth, fifth chances. But really, the police have indicated to me they do not force me to press charges, but they say this kind of, you know, petty theft is at an all-time high. People are stealing all these um, debit cards from elderly people in all ages. They know how to do skimmers, you know, on the gas pump. And all these yeah. things are happening because they said nobody really wants to take a stand, set a healthy boundary, and say, no, there are... There are repercussions from bad decisions, mm-hmm. and I have a hard. Well, and time. so you're kind of asking. So you're asking, kind of how how would that fit into maybe our call to forgive others and, and to be generous? 
Yeah, because I would love, you know, I don't want, um, I think it's a young teenager, I don't want, you know, them to start a career, you know, um, learning in prison, uh, because I ran into a CIA mm. agent, and he said, yes, this is felony, it's three felonies, and so I was so shocked, and I was like, wait a minute, this is really serious, and even though the amount of money was not, you know, that big, but, you know, it really no, is hard a big for deal. me as... You know, it's just a person so, well, that yeah. be kind. No, of course. So so let's talk about, you know, again, what does this idea of forgiveness and generosity mean? Um, you know, we're, we're called to work for the good of another person, right? And, and you know, in the, there are some situations where we know the person, right? And we know that they are trying on a regular basis to do the, a good thing, to be, to be a good person. We all have off days, right? And sometimes we mess up. We do foolish things. Um, and, you know, if, if you know that giving me that chance would let me self-correct and amend my ways, you know, then, then the merciful thing to do is to bear that wrong patiently, as the spiritual work of mercy says, and let it go so that, you know, I, I've learned from my mistake. You know, you see that I have a pattern of behavior that demonstrates that I am really trying my best to be a good person, but I had a bad day, so you're going to give me that grace. Other times, we need to do the other spiritual work of mercy, which is admonishing the sinner and even allowing people to experience the consequences of their actions. Because if I am in the habit of doing something that is you know, inappropriate or unhealthy, then experiencing the consequences of those actions calls me to be a better person. It challenges me to see that the, the, this path that I'm on is not good. Uh, and so because you you know you, you don't know this person but also i can tell you that you know when when somebody you know, steals something from the back of somebody's trunk i mean that's not the first time they've done that right it's not it's not it's not just a a quick impulsive thing this is somebody who is used to invading people's personal space and taking their things and and so you know because of that the more just and appropriate thing to do is to press charges and see that they experience some kind of consequences for their actions. There still needs to be a trial. The judge can consider all the other factors if there are people who are willing to, you know, stand up for this person and show them to be, you know, more than what you thought. But but there's still a process that I believe that they should go through. And so if, if you have the, uh, the energy to do it, I really encourage you to press charges because I do think that that is the more merciful thing. When we say when we talk about mercy, we, we, all, we all sort of assume that means letting somebody off the hook. But mercy is really treating another person in a manner that reminds them of their dignity in God's eyes, their dignity and worth in God's eyes. And sometimes that means saying, you know what, I, 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 to remind you of your dignity, I need to, I'm going to give you this grace. But, but in a case like this, the best way to remind somebody of their dignity is to say, you know, you're worth more than this. You, you, and, there, and there are consequences for these actions. And I, I need you to experience those consequences so perhaps you won't do those things again in the future. So, Catherine, I really do believe that in this situation, the, the right choice is to go ahead and press charges. And I want to thank you for the call. And if there's more that we can do to support you in this, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We uh, appreciate your, 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 your giving us a call. And we're going to add you to our More to Life prayer list that God would give you the courage to do this. Um, and that, and that there would be a speedy resolution to the, you getting your your life back in order after the theft. Thanks so much for the call. Eight seven seven five seven three seven eight two five. Today's show is titled "Don't Tread on Me." As we talk about setting boundaries, you know, do you feel like others are walking all over you? Is there someone in particular that's taking advantage of you or not respecting your boundaries? Are you not sure how to respond in a graceful way to those people or situations? Give us a call. The number is eight seven seven. 
877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up right after the break. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I went to Las Vegas years and years ago for one of these cable shows. And and I was uh, shocked to see all these old ladies in their 70s and 80s getting off that plane, running for a slot machine. You don't have a chance to win. They're all fixed. I know, my uncle used to have slot machines. (laughs) EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Don't Tread on Me, as we talk about how to deal with those times when we feel taken advantage of by others. How can we set boundaries gracefully in ways that actually work for others good, but still allow us to be generous as God calls us to? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 7825. Joining us right now, Bill Donahue from the Theology of the Body Institute. Hey, Bill, welcome to More to Life. Good morning to you both. Good to be with you. You know, Bill, earlier we were talking about this idea of setting boundaries, being rooted in the fact that we are made in the image and likeness of God. And, and I think for a lot of people that might seem, I don't know, like either a stretch or like difficult dots to connect. Uh, but you wanted to share some reflections from St. John Paul's teachings and, and St. Seraphim as well that, that really illustrate that idea, that, that boundaries are really rooted in the idea of being made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, let me. I'll go right to John Paul II, since your your show is so entrenched in his beautiful teaching theology of the body. <clears throat> he has this line when he talks about the Song of Songs, which is a, an intimate, beautiful uh, duet between a bridegroom and the bride. He has this beautiful line about the bride having an enclosed garden and a, fa- a sealed fountain within her. And John Paul says, like, this is an inviolable place. This is a place that shouldn't be violated. And he says that she is the master of her own innermost mystery. 
So just visualize a kind of garden, and it's holy and it's sacred, and that's where God dwells and encounters us. And so there's a key that we hold, and we're called to to give permission, right? Because this is a very intimate sphere. And I think it goes well with your topic today because, uh, you know, we're not being selfish. We're not not giving of ourselves. We're actually guarding the greatest treasure, the image of God who dwells in the garden, you know, who moves in the garden at the breezy time of the day, like in Genesis, with us. That's so important to be aware of, that we're treasuring his presence. Well, and and I think that, that, you know, the idea that we have a right to protect some parts of ourselves is is really, it kind of seems to run counter to that idea of being generous to others. Uh, Mm -hmm. How does that fit into the idea of generosity, Bill? Yeah, it it becomes, like, if we are aware of the Imago Dei within and become the master of that innermost secret, it starts to radiate out of us as a gift. It shows people, which I think was part of your dialogue with the, the last caller, it shows people how sacred and inviolable every human being is. This brings in the St. Mm. Seraphim quote. St. Seraphim once said, maintain a spirit of peace and you'll save a thousand souls. That's a really amazing thought, right? Maintain a spirit of peace within you. You'll save a thousand souls. Somehow you're the consciousness of your own inherent dignity and beauty, which is a gift from God, will radiate out and people are going to see, whoa, there's something going on. And there's that, that person is in contact with something or someone else that I'm attracted to. Wow, I want that kind of composure and peace so I can radiate that as well. And we can only get that by really knowing our dignity as children of God. Thank you, Bill. We yeah. appreciate it. If folks would like to learn more about what's going on with the Theology of the Body Institute, where can they turn for more information? We would love to have them come out in person or even online. Our courses can be found at tobinstitute.org. TOBinstitute.org. Bill, thanks again for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And listeners, we are taking your calls at 877-573-7825. The show today is titled Don't Tread on Me. As we talk about how to set appropriate boundaries. You know, we don't want to shut people out. We don't want to not be generous to others. In fact, it's good to be generous. We, we know that we're called to it, and it even feels good to be able to make a positive difference in the lives of those around us. But what do we do when other people take advantage of us? You know, are you in a relationship with somebody who is constantly taking, but never seems willing to give back? Someone who doesn't take no for an answer or won't respect your boundaries? who has an awesome sense of entitlement and just sucks up all of your time and treasure and energy. How do we set boundaries with those folks and still honor that call that God gives to us to be generous with our time and our treasure and our talents? Give us a call. Let us help you figure it out. 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Father Benedict Groeschel. Aw, I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings. And no matter what I see, I see reverence, awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh yes, let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man. 
While the police were coming, the ambulance, they removed him from the church, he didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered respect. I wish it were true today. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. In Christ, we suffer, but it's a suffering that can bear much fruit. Our God can bring good out of the suffering caused by evil. God permits evil, and from the suffering caused by evil, he creates a reality greater than that which could have existed without the possibility of evil entering human experience. In Christ, suffering is fruitful. Those members of the body of Christ who are fruitless are removed. It's dead wood, and that's suffering. But even those members of the body of Christ who are fruitful are pruned. They're trimmed. Daddy squeezes and sometimes spanks in order that we would be more fruitful. Jesus again says, By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. there. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Imagine being married to someone who regularly goes out of their way to make your life easier and more pleasant. Someone who's willing to make little sacrifices just to see a smile. It's as if this person said, I do to the marriage, not just on your wedding day, but every day. Relationship experts call these qualities emotional rapport and benevolence. Research by the Gottman Institute found that healthy couples maintain a 20 to 1 ratio of these sorts of positive interactions when they're not in conflict. Can you imagine how that might affect a marriage? According to Gottman, couples with high levels of emotional support and benevolence are more likely to give one another the benefit of the doubt when one of them accidentally offends the other. Such couples are better at avoiding conflict and handling it more gracefully when it occurs. High levels of benevolence lead to greater trust, too, and that in turn leads to greater intimacy and sharing. Thankfully, even couples who don't have high levels of benevolence and emotional rapport can cultivate it. It all starts with finding those little ways of saying, I do, every day. Get more tips for building a strong marriage in my book, For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage, or for more personal support, visit catholiccounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Don't Tread on Me. As we talk about setting boundaries and how do we get people to respect those boundaries once we set them, 877-573-7825, call up and share. Are you in a relationship with somebody who takes advantage of you, who is constantly taking but never seems willing to give back. Someone who has that awesome sense of entitlement or doesn't respect your boundaries, doesn't take no for an answer. We want to help you know how to handle those folks and situations gracefully. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Before we take our next call, we want to send out congratulations to another member of the EWTN radio family. Ablaze Radio in Duluth, Georgia is celebrating their eighth year with EWTN. Congratulations to Ken and Patricia. 
and their whole team at WNRE 98.1 FM from your friends at EWTN and right here at More to Life. And folks, wherever you're tuning in to Catholic Radio, make sure you're supporting your local station both with your prayers and your dollars. We need to keep Catholic Radio going strong for generations to come so that we can support you in living a more faithful and abundant, healthy, holy life. Right now we're taking your calls at 877-573-7825. The show again titled Don't Tread on Me. We're talking about setting boundaries. You know, how do we do that in a graceful way? How do we be generous to others in ways that are actually good for them and for us? How do we deal with those people who take advantage, who won't take no for an answer, who won't respect our boundaries? What do you do? Well, let us help. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Those people can be outside our family life, in our workplace, at our church, friends that we know, but it's even tougher if they're in our family life. Where do you draw those lines? Especially if you're raising children and you're called to be you know, generous to them. You're, you're the parent or the grandparent, and you're saying, well... They have nothing. I have to give everything to them. But where do you hold them accountable for giving back, for that mutual self-donation? These are all questions we can explore with you today. If you give us a call at 877-573-7825, that's 877-573-7825. Right now, we're talking with Margaret, who's listening to EWTN Radio in California. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to More to Life. Hi, how are you guys? We're good. What can we do for you today, Margaret? Okay, Um, I have a 29-year-old grandson staying with me at this particular time. And um, he never, ever stays with me as a rule, until very lately. And uh, apparently he has to go to jail uh, Friday, he's going to court going to face the music and he says grandma i'm going to be locked up for for years and i go you think so mm. huh and he goes yeah and he says so why do i have to go to church with you this morning so i left him home right now i am driving right now to get to the eight o'clock mass. <laughs> he okay. says just let me chill out here for the next few days and i said well you're stuck to my hips so you should be going to church with me he says why i can see you god here at the house I go, no, at church, he's there in a very special way, and he's going to zero into your heart better right there in front Margaret. of the sacrament. Yes, absolutely. That's You're speaking the truth, Margaret. Margaret, can I ask what, 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 he's, going, what he's going to court for? He robbed the bank. Okay. And he, he wrote okay, a note. Okay, so he's going for sentencing at this point. Okay, yeah, so he's facing the music, he's willing to face the music, and um, they let him go, I don't know, right, they let him go to my my home, and he's, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, well, he knows, he's a, he asked me, why are you so religious? I go, uh, my upbringing, he goes, oh, but apparently it never trickled down to his level yet. So how can we help you out today, Margaret? What, what, what is it that you're asking well, from us? Should I be stricter about him coming with me to church? He's just being very, uh, no, this, this is the last few days. Let me just chill out at the house. 
you know, I think that you're handling it beautifully, Margaret. I think you're handling it exactly right. Um, thank you for your testimony again about the real presence of Jesus Christ. There, you're planting seeds there when you talk to him about the Eucharist. I think the more you can encourage him to do that, the more you're opening the door to the possibility of God being able to get into his heart and mind and change his life. He is 30. Um, this is, you know, going to be, he can be more stubborn, but if he actually by court order needs to be with you, I would encourage him to do it. When you say that it's your upbringing when he asks that question, you know, I think it would be great if you just prayed about this while you're at Mass right now as, you, as you're heading in and say, Lord, really help me put into words why I love you, why I go to Mass every day, why, why you matter to me, so I can really say more to my grandson about why you really matter in my heart, my mind, and my life, rather than it was just the way I was raised, because, you know, that doesn't give him a reason to believe, right? The other thing I'd really encourage you to do, Margaret, is when he's sentenced when you know where he's going to be if you can find out who does the prison ministry there I would give them a call because there are excellent prison ministries Catholic prison ministries out there that do great phenomenal work and specifically name him and ask them if they can go and see him and ask them if there's a way to get him involved on this point because grandmas can do amazing things for the Lord for their children and their grandchildren and I, I wouldn't give up hope in terms of being able to turn his life around Margaret you're saying and doing a lot of good things here um, I want to go back to something Lisa was saying and just flesh it out a little bit more because you know uh, you know you saying to him that's how I was raised um, that's not how he was raised mm -hmm. right um, what 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 really needs to happen is for you to be able to witness to why God is important to you personally how do you experience God in your daily life how is he give you a how does he give you a guide for responding to things? how does he support you what is your relationship with god you know you need to be able to talk to your grandson about that and so as you're going to mass today i'd like you to really do what lisa was suggesting and reflect on who god is to you and how you relate to him and how do you experience him every day because that's really what he needs to hear you know what is what what practical difference does god does believe in, in god make in your life um the other thing that i would suggest to you, you know, and pray about the best time or the, or the right time to say this, but you know, I, I think it's okay to say to him, you know, I, I love you, grandson, but you know, your life is adrift. You, you've you've made terrible choices, and and you're you're facing punishment for it, and and frankly, you're still not really accepting responsibility for it. Um, you're not recognizing that you don't know how to live, and I want I and I want you to come to church with me because I want you to know how to live. I want you to not have to deal with this anymore. I, don't, I want you to not be the person who made these choices to end up in this place. I want the best for you. And coming to church with me can help you learn how to be that person. And, and you rejecting that just says to me that you're really not sorry for what you did and you're not looking to amend your life. That you want to just keep taking the easy way out. And that makes me sad as your grandmother because you deserve better than that. And he probably doesn't know he deserves better than that for some reason. And he doesn't know how to amend his life. And inviting him to church with you, explaining those reasons may open up a door for the Holy Spirit to work so that he can learn those those ways and, and really experience God in his heart. So don't give up, Margaret. But please make it more personal. Make it more, as Greg was saying, what God does in your life and why you're there and how you've experienced God's love in your life. 
that personal heart-to-heart witness and the fact is that much he better than I was just And the fact that he that can't way. amend his ways unless he recognizes the, the, that he's powerless yeah. against his, his weakness and his tendency to take the easy way out of things uh, and, and gives his life to God. This is, this is going to be the rest of his life unless he accepts that, 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 that God needs to be the Lord of his life. And so that's what I, I need you to tell him, Margaret. And, uh, and I will add your, your grandson to our More to Life prayer list and you as well, that God would sustain you and give you the words and the wisdom to respond to the situation. Thank you so much for the call. 877-573-7825 is the number to call. Our show today is titled Don't Tread on Me as we talk about how to set appropriate boundaries with the people that we care about. You know, how do we stop people from taking advantage of us from using the things that we give them uh, or, or the time and energy we give them to hurt themselves or others. How, what, you know, what does it look like to be able to set a healthy boundary as a Christian person in relationship with others? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day which comes to us from Proverbs chapter 26, verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. You know, and this really goes to the idea of why it's important to set boundaries. Even, even our first call, the person who, was, who had her things stolen from her and she was wondering, should I press charges? Well, it speaks to Margaret's call as well. That's right. You know, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. We set boundaries with others, not to be mean to them, not to hurt them, but because people need to see the consequences of their actions so that they don't see themselves in wise as wise in their own eyes. You know, when a person behaves foolishly or destructively or criminally, as we've spoken about with, with the last couple of calls, we need to respond in a way that says, you are worth more than that. And this path is not a healthy path to go down. And so we set boundaries and impose consequences and, and do those things that, that say, stop that. Not as a way of being mean, not as a way of being self-righteous, but as a way of really working for the good of those other people, even if they sometimes act like we're not working for their good. You know, so setting those boundaries is a way of fulfilling this verse, of answering a fool according to his own folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Well, we're taking your calls on that today on More to Life. How do we set boundaries? When do we set them? What does a good, healthy boundary look like in your particular situation with that person who is taking advantage? 877-573-7825. When More to Life continues, we'll be taking more of your calls about setting boundaries in just a minute stick around underwritten in part by this not-for-profit are you looking for peace longing for joy want to meet the giver of all goodness god is calling the laity to bring ignatian prayer into the suffering world work for the new evangelization go to lordteachmetopray.com order your free digital training and manual find true happiness and everlasting joy go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today it's free Approved by the USCCB. Do you have an unrelated twin, a doppelganger walking around somewhere? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Scripture points to many who may have been actual twins. 
Doubting Thomas, one of the twelve apostles, may have been a twin. His surname is Didymus, which means double or twofold. Is it possible for each of us to have a twin of sorts, an unrelated person who so closely resembles us that they pass for a twin? Research cited by Dr. Peter Atia indicates that 99.9% of the human genome is identical across all humans. So it is possible that at least one of the billions on Earth could have a slight bit more genetic material that makes them look like me or you. But it isn't just looks. Even certain behavior studies tend to be more similar in lookalikes. The next time someone says you look like George Clooney, research says it's possible. For more on this, look for the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed, including all legal documents, to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled Don't Tread on Me as we talk about setting boundaries uh, when those relationships where we feel like someone is taking advantage of us. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Janet, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Missouri on Covenant Radio. Hi, Janet. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've been trying to set some boundaries with my husband. Um, He has volunteered for lots of committees and organizations that are all volunteer. There's no incentive to bring any kind of financial aid home to our family. Mm -hmm. And these trips take him out of town. And he has had an affair that went on for two years until I found out about it. And after this... And how long ago did you find out about this? I'm sorry. Well, it's been a year or so that I found out, and we've been trying to work through things. And every time I think we're back at a good spot, he throws another trip on the platter. So yesterday, he came to me and said, I need to be in San Diego tomorrow. Without any warning, he's going, and I don't know if this is where the affair partner will be. I I had told him. So you're saying you don't believe he's broken off this affair? I. How do I trust him? That's my question. How do I? Sure. Trust and what are you? What have you been doing, Janet? You said the two of you are trying to work through it. How are you doing that? What steps are you taking? We have tried some counseling. Um, I have bought numerous books and listened to numerous podcasts. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me backtrack to that for a second. So you said you tried past tense some counseling. Is it over? Yeah. What happened? Or are you still in counseling together? He would not open up and talk about it because he thinks that we just need to move forward and forget about it. And when I found okay, out... Okay, well, let me, first, let, me, let, me, let me let you in on something. Let me let you in on something. So, so and what you just said, it's like if you looked up the definition of, of, of affair, 
uh, and, and the Why People Cause Affairs, you would see your husband's picture there based on what you just said. All right. So, so people who cheat, it's not just, it's not just that, they're, that there are marital problems. Okay. When, when somebody cheats, it's because they don't know how to handle conflict. They don't know how to deal with feelings. And they don't know how to express their needs appropriately. And so they stuff a lot of things. And when they stuff those things over for years, they get depressed. And then they look for something that's going to make them feel better. And so they gravitate toward sex and relationship as a way of making them, as a way of self-medicating for an undiagnosed depression. You can't let him, you know, this is the person who hurt you. You can't let him dictate the course of treatment, right? So, you know, when you're saying he wouldn't open up, he just says we need to forget. That's exactly the problem. That's why he cheated on you in the first place, because he just thinks you can do that. You can just ignore your needs. You can ignore conflict. You can ignore all of that stuff and just move on. That's the reason he cheated on you in the first place. He doesn't know how to express needs. He doesn't know how to deal with conflict. He doesn't know how to deal with feelings. And you guys aren't going to be able to figure that out on your own because that, that points to a deep childhood wound that he has to do the work on healing. You ask the question how you can trust him on this trip? You can't. You can't trust him unless you see him doing the work that enables him to deal with conflict manage feelings and express needs directly and appropriately and forthrightly. Until you're seeing him do that work, you can't trust him as far as you can throw him. So I, I would suggest to you that this is one of those situations where Proverbs says, you know, answer a fool, call it according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. This is a situation where it's okay for you to say, if you go to San Diego, don't come home. Now, you're going to say, well, what, how does that respect the integrity of your marriage? Well, what you're doing is you're saying, I need you to be a partner in this. I need, to, I need you to see the actions in light of what you're really doing here. I want to be your wife. I want to be in a marriage with you. You want to pretend to be in a marriage with me, and I'm not willing to keep up that illusion for you. I want a real marriage, a godly marriage, a relationship where you are as committed to me as I am to you. This behavior is antithetical to that. It's hostile to that. It undermines that. And I'm not going to pretend for your sake, for the sake of your reputation and for the sake that you can look like a good guy to everybody else, that you're a good husband to me. So I need you to choose whether you're going to be a good and godly man and work on this relationship with me or if you're going to go to San Diego because you can't have both. And, and that's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of limit that you need to set, the, the boundary that says, this is the work that you need to do. So, so Janet, yeah, I, I need you to go back. Uh, if, you, if you liked working with that counselor, I need you to reconnect with that person. If, if you would like to seek a, a faithful source for support, I'd encourage you to get in touch with us at Pastoral Solutions at CatholicCounselors.com. But you guys aren't going to be able to make it through this on your own because it's, it's, you, need, you need more than just him stopping the affair or saying, let's forget about it. You need to hold his feet to the fire on this and insist that he learn how to be a man who knows how to handle conflict directly, knows how to express his needs directly and openly, knows how to deal with feelings, both his and yours, in an honest and forthright way. And until that changes, you cannot trust him at all at all and and i want to be very clear janet what we're at, what we're saying to you is this is how you fight for your marriage you fight for the integrity of your marriage you fight to be able to keep it right now you you need to also be fighting for the soul of your husband and he's just in a place where he is dead inside because he's got this grave sin on his heart and in his soul and really fighting for 
his soul and the integrity of your marriage means really standing up for it in this way. Here's what's let's let's frame this in slightly different in a slightly different way. All right, you know, as as a Christian couple, we are called to place God on the altar in our home. Your husband has taken God off the altar of your home, and he has placed avoidance of conflict on that altar. And that's what he wants you to worship. He wants you to worship that God of avoiding conflict. And your attempts to try to be kind to him are enabling him in that idolatry, which is destroying the spiritual heart of your marriage. And so standing up to him and saying, I'm not going to worship that God of avoiding conflict and just going along to get along. I'm placing God at the center of our marriage. I'm placing God at that altar and I'm worshiping him and I am doing what God is asking me to do to make this marriage healthy and holy. And I'm insisting that you join me in that. Now, as you do that, God's grace is going to flow more mightily through you. And that's going to lead to one of two things. Either your husband is going to be convicted and dragging, drag kicking and screaming to a better, healthier relationship because of the movement of the Holy Spirit, or your husband's heart will be so black that he rejects that grace and he runs not just from you, but from God as well. Either way, you will have done the prophetic thing of calling your husband to a healthier, godlier marriage by setting these boundaries and insisting that you are no longer going to worship that God of, of conflict avoidance in your marriage. And you're going to do the work that God is asking you to do to make this a healthy and holy relationship. If he runs from that, you're still doing what God asked you to do. To be the, you know, if a prophet goes to a town and he proclaims the word of God and that, that, that town rejects him, he's still done God's work. And the same thing is true here. God is asking you to fulfill that prophetic mission of your baptism, to call your husband to a healthy and holy relationship. And if he rejects that, that's going to be on him, but God will, God will bless you. But I believe, because I've seen it a million times, that this relationship can be saved through that strong prophetic voice of saying, of drawing clear lines about what's healthy for the relationship and holy for the relationship and what's not. And that's when you're going to be able to start trusting him. When he says, all right, You've drawn this line, and I'm going to start going to counseling with you. I'm going to start doing these things. And you are actively working to make this marriage better, stronger, healthier. He works against this this malaise that he's in and actually learns how to express his feelings, identify them, work with you on them. That's when you're going to know intuitively, okay, he's earned trust in this way. This is better than it's ever been before. I can trust this. But until that, you can't trust him because he doesn't want a better marriage with you. He wants to. He wants you both to worship the God of conflict avoidance. And just that's because you lock him in the house and say, don't travel, doesn't help. that doesn't help. That's not, that's not handling the problem. So, Janet, thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you, I really encourage you to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We can help you find faithful responses to this. Uh, even if your husband doesn't want to go, there are things that we can do to help strengthen you so that you can start making changes in this relationship for the good. Uh, even without his assistance, but but I, I believe we can get him to the table eventually. So if you'd like to talk more with us about that, reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. You can also check out our book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. But again, without without that professional support, I don't see this changing because he's just too strong uh, at worshiping that God of conflict avoidance in the marriage, and he doesn't want to be your partner. He just wants to keep doing what he's doing. Thanks for the call. 
And listeners, if you are looking for faithful ways to respond to the challenges in your life, especially those relationships where you feel taken advantage of and you're struggling to set boundaries, check out the resources I mentioned on today's show at catholiccounselors.com, including learning more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to transform your marriage, family, or personal life. And get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because with His grace, there is so much more to life. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.